0: Hey everyone, it's time for our latest and greatest episode of the Vasculitis Missionaries podcast. We are just chugging right along despite everybody still being holed up and not allowed to do anything uh, at all. We hope you're staying safe out there. I know at least I am, Kaylee. I hope you are uh, are doing the same. Ben and Kaylee, by the way, back with you once again. Uh, but it's it's fun because we're getting to visit with a, a couple more doctors today and this is the first of a Two-part episode, Kaylee. Yeah, Kaylee, are we eventually just going to be doing like eight-part episodes with with twenty doctors at a time? I feel like that's where we're where we're headed because we're just we're just tackling uh, these different professionals left and right.
1: <laughs> we're just going to have a live stream of us talking consistently for an entire week.
0: Could we do? Did you see the uh, the Zoom that you probably? I don't know if you did. I'm I'm more of a sports guy. It was one of the sports center anchors, and they they just challenged like they had five guests on, and they're like. Which which celebrity could you find to bring on a Zoom, and they ended up with like 15 people that were all celebrities. I feel like we could probably do that in the, in the doctor community. Like, hey, just call somebody, get them on. We're gonna do the podcast and and go from there. I feel like that's possible, but maybe I not. I think we can maybe. do
1: it. Wait till our tenth episode.
0: 10th, Ten, okay. <laughs> well, we're getting we're we're getting there. We'll we'll uh, we'll tackle that 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 potential when it arises. As far as today, though. We are, are going to go to North Carolina, so we're still on the East Coast. We're, uh, we're a little bit further away from, from Kaylee. We're getting away from all the Georgetown connections. Not that, not that uh, we don't like that. It just it makes me feel better being here on the West Coast. But who we're speaking with today, both uh, these two doctors, Dr. Julie McGregor and Will Pendergraft, have both spoken at the various VF symposiums last back in, uh, many, in the Minneapolis area in 2019, and they work at the Integrative Medical Clinic of North Carolina. And so this will be a really unique conversation about a, a part of studying vasculitis that has, I think, for a long time been overlooked and has now come more to the forefront as looking at alternative um, methods of, of therapy for patients. And I know for you, Kaylee, somebody who has uh, has a master's of public health and has studied a lot of Different things in in the vasculitis world. It has to be interesting for you. I would think to hear about what what they have to say with their research, how things have developed and and how this all started, because it, it hasn't, at least to my knowledge, it hasn't been going on all that long.
1: No, actually, it's so interesting. I was just reading last week, uh, the New England Journal of Medicine, well-timingly, uh, published a perspective about, it's actually titled A New Era for Mind-Body Medicine. And it's literally talking about how even 50, 40 years ago, meditation and, and thinking about things outside of just pharmaceutical treatment was considered fringe. It was not part of care, uh, and it really wasn't used at all. And so to see from that, to now, uh, Dr. McGregor and Dr. Pendergraph having an integrative medicine clinic focused on autoimmune and vasculitis patients. It's kind of mind boggling and it's really exciting. And I think it'll, it's a really good perspective, especially considering a lot of who we've talked to already and, and how it's been more the pharmaceutical research side and, and what this can really do in terms of integrative medicine.
0: Right. And so we'll have uh, Drs. McGregor and Pendergraph coming on. And then to sort of tie it together to the patient side of things, we'll have Brandon Hudgens, who has done a ton for the VF. He was on one of our last episodes with all the young adults talking about just how they're handling the, the current uh, virus landscape and everything. He uh, has worked closely with Dr. Uh, Pendergraph, So we're going to have them join us together for the second part of this episode. We think you're, you're really going to enjoy it. It's, it's a fun chat uh, as we bring on. Our guests on this episode of the Vasculitis Visionaries podcast, doctors Julie McGregor and William Pendergraft, right after this. And now let's welcome in our guests today on the Vasculitis Visionaries podcast, Drs. Julie McGregor and Will Pendergraft from the Integrative Medical Clinic of North Carolina. And uh, these two are, are so kind to join us as we were talking about in, in our open with the, all they've done and People who have followed a lot of the Vasculitis Foundation symposium chats will be familiar with some of their work as well. But not only that, you guys are, are seeing patients today, so you are really uh, <laughs> you're really making the time for us. I, is this is just like your your uh, your pregame ritual almost? You could say just just getting warmed up to see all the patients today.
2: Yeah, there's nothing like getting passionate before you go in. I love it. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you we will we'll come out of this today. You guys are just going to be fired up, like charging into the first patient's room, like breaking down the door, and then they're going to have no idea what what uh, what hits them. So, yeah, we're we're appreciative for you guys uh, joining us today. And what we've done in a lot of these conversations is just try and more more than anything start from the beginning with with the path you've gone on, and and from what you guys study, it is and have practiced, it is one of the more interesting sides of vasculitis as a whole and just medicine as a whole. So I'm curious for both of you how things started with this. What really piqued the interest not only in going into integrative medicine and everything that that entails, but a vasculitis as well, because it's everybody always has a story and it's usually unique as to how people get involved with it.
2: Yeah, well, um, I will start and then, um, well, you can chime in. Um, for me, my interest in medicine uh, started with my mom was a registered nurse who worked with an OBGYN who in the early 90s was following a lot of um, Christiane Northrop's philosophies. And this was a woman who she's still very active in the integrative medicine community, but um, she really believed in holistic approaches to wellness and emotional and spiritual and physical um, well-being, all being very closely linked. And so I was sort of brought up with that philosophy. And at the time, my parents were um, not really exposed to a lot of alternative medicine. And the thought about, you know, being in healing was – basically conventional medicine and Western medicine. And so my mom, who was a nurse, said, well, if you want to be able to practice things the way you want to, you better be a doctor because um, nurses don't always get to do what they want. They're always kind of ordered around by doctors. And now I laugh thinking about that because for us, actually, it's the insurance companies that tell tell us what to do most of the time. But um, my going into medicine was kind of prompted by – not really knowing what was out there as far as healing, but really wanting to approach um, being in medicine and healing from a holistic perspective. Um, so I went to med school and um, at Wake Forest and um, did want to go into integrative medicine sort of from the beginning because I really did appreciate holistic approaches to wellness. And um, then ended up doing internal medicine as the foundation for that at uh, UNC, University of North Carolina, and did some um, special months in training at the program for integrative medicine in Arizona, which is um, where Andrew Weil had founded um, the program for. Um, integrative and alternative medicine for uh, blending with uh, conventional medicine. So um, those months that I spent in Arizona were part of my kind of foundational training with internal medicine. But I really did at um, University of North Carolina just completely fall in love with nephrology and autoimmune disease. And um, the nephrologists who were there just passionate, wonderful humans, really dedicated to patients and to healing and to um, really exploring the uh, root cause of illness and trying to help approach well-being in a really well-rounded way. And I just loved everything about that whole division and program. And so um, decided to stay at UNC for Nephrology Fellowship, and then was really inspired by um, Patrick Nachman and Ron Falk and all of the vasculitis experts there, and just loved it, loved the patients, and just really felt passionate about um, staying with that population because I really did feel um, inspired by the patient stories and by the accomplishments with helping to heal people and get them um, feeling so much better. It was just a, a wonderful environment. So I did that uh, additional glomerular nephritis year after my nephrology fellowship and worked on faculty at UNC for five years, almost. Five years? We'll just have, over. And then um, really wanted to get back into more of an integrative medicine approach because um, I was doing a lot of continuing medical education courses on how to incorporate functional medicine and nutrition and um, alternative medicine into um, my uh, approach to working with patients. And so I uh, ended up working with a provider who had opened an integrative medicine clinic in Chapel Hill um, called Chapel Hill Doctors. And I was hired and started working for them in 2015 and um, really uh, began to approach even uh, general medicine patients and uh, people who were just establishing primary care as well as uh, nephrology patients and autoimmune patients uh, with incorporating more alternative medicine and nutrition and herbals and mind body medicine and just a really holistic approach to wellness um, for just the the whole uh, approach or their whole um, perspective on on getting back to feeling well. So did that uh, for two thousand and fifteen. Um, to 2018 and then opened the integrative medical clinic of North Carolina with will. Um, And our focus is really for any patient, but um, predominantly we have a lot of uh, autoimmune patients, a lot of nephrology patients, and then a lot of um, patients who are looking for primary care who are really just interested in approaching health and wellness from a holistic perspective and, uh, it's been really, really, really interesting. There's so much to learn, and um, so many great folks who are uh, trying to use any modality possible to find real wellness. So um, it's been an interesting journey. I love it a lot, and i um, happy to be working with Will. And you can talk about your path.
3: Yeah, thanks, Julie. So for me, um... I've, I've really been personally and professionally passionate about autoimmune disease since a young age and uh, had the fortunate opportunity to land in a lab as a research assistant, uh, basically like washing dishes to start uh, that happened to be a Ron Falk's lab that primarily focused on anchovascularitis. And I think, you know, my, my interest just exponentially grew from there. Um, at some point I was doing a lot of, um, lab-based research using patient samples and generating, um, graphs. And I think a lot of the work we did, uh, really, um, is something that's helped advance the field. And I had an opportunity early to sort of, um, meet one of the patients that was a dot on one of my graphs uh, who had really been through a lot that had GPA. And um, I think that experience sitting with him in his uh, exam room, you know, before I became a physician really solidified my passion to pursue um helping people who have conditions where their immune system attacks their own tissue. And, um, you know, from there uh, went to finished a PhD and basically that revolved around anchovasculitis and then uh, went to med school, did residency in San Francisco and then fellowship in Boston and came back to UNC. And was really fortunate to train with, um, the leaders in the field, so the people who discovered PR3 anka as well as the people who discovered MPO Anka and then kind of the the research and clinical components of all of that, um, which I think uh, gave me a, a good breadth to really understand the disease from bench to bedside. But something I noticed in the conventional world is that we're really good at Nowadays, uh, making people look good on paper, but I think complementary and alternative approaches and integrative medicine is really a way to not only help people look good on paper in terms of clinical parameters and numbers that look better, but also that people actually feel better and um, can go forth and do whatever uh, brings them joy in their life. Um, I think that's, and a, that's a really good point.
1: Really uh, I, I think it's such a great point because I, specifically as a patient, have focused a lot on my clinical measures, you know, where my anketiter is at, like, you know, do I have proteinuria, anything like that. Uh, and I think it's just really fascinating to hear both of you talk about this holistic view of medicine, particularly for autoimmune patients like vasculitis patients, Uh, So before we kind of delve into that deeper, if you don't mind just giving a little bit of background to our listeners about complementary, alternative, integrative medicine, what those terms really mean, what you're looking at, and how that's really affecting patient treatment beyond this pharmaceutical, clinical, uh, laboratory-type-based treatment that we might be more familiar with.
2: Yeah, so integrative medicine is a term that's used where people have conventional medicine In addition to um, alternative medicine or Eastern medicine or mind-body medicine. So that term of integrating, you know, bringing the best of all the different potential modalities into that person's um, healing plan. Complementary medicine um, was meant to be encompassing the non-conventional medicine. So Chinese medicine or um, mind-body medicine or something that was used as a complement to conventional medicine. So very similar to integrative medicine, but integrative really is trying to say we're using all of it together. Uh, Complementary is more of a term of everything except for conventional medicine. And alternative means that a person is using the complementary medicine only without doing conventional medicine. And those terms are sort of loose and gray, and um, people may use them um, differently or interchangeably, but that's roughly. um, Alternative is sort of saying instead of um, conventional medicine. And um, I think basically, at least from my perspective, the idea is trying to say, how does a human feel well And like you're saying, it's not just about the labs and it's not just about the data. It's about um, making sure that a person feels um, energy, has good sleep, is breathing the air and enjoying being in nature, um, feels grounded, feels stable. And that is part of wellness. So it's trying to use all the different Pathways that are available in our great planet that we know about to help somebody find real wellness.
1: That's really informative, and just I think a a different way of of contextualizing health, uh, especially for this very rare disease. How do patients find their way to your clinic? What are they looking for? You know, how do you treat them as individual, kind of rare patients, but also using this methodology?
3: I think for our patients who have rare orphan autoimmune diseases, um, part of it is word of mouth. So we, we, I think people for some people know that we exist and, and refer others to come see us because I do think we offer a a fresh, more current leading edge approach to sort of treatment in an all encompassing way. Um, And then People who tend to work with us are also very open to uh, thinking about complementary and alternative techniques as an approach, either because um, that's just who they are or they've had trouble in the past with their current treatment plan and are sort of looking for alternatives that could be less toxic and potentially more effective.
0: Yeah, I wonder too just how much of, of that calculus for patients comes from what, what you kind of alluded to there at, at the end, Dr. Pendergraph, where it's like you, you maybe struggle with some of the treatments you're on. I know for Kaylee and I, I you know, just laugh thinking about that the initial round of some of those drugs we were on after we were diagnosed back in the day and just how how brutal that was on uh, on our bodies and everything. And I wonder if it, it comes from a to a patient standpoint of almost like here we, we have nothing left to do this is like a a desperate time calling for desperate measures and maybe that that opens things up to to a point i wonder too about the fact that i mean whether it's true or not you think about maybe just how mainstream media always perpetuates just the the standard method of care how just over time i mean that's always been i think what we you grow up you see just this is how it's supposed to be done this is the way that's, that's right. you know, even again, that's not really right uh, in in that sense. And obviously you've been able to, to figure out that this alternative style is, is really effective and does actually work. So when it comes down to like seeing a patient that's clearly been compromised, they've they've gone through a lot, they're struggling. How do you, how do you tell them and, and convince them that, look, this is actually a treatment that, That works even though you've maybe you've spent maybe not necessarily your whole life But you've grown up seeing how all right this stuff is is nice But it doesn't really do anything when in fact, I mean, you know You have the data right in front of you that that this stuff is life-changing
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it comes down to the fact that that um, Our group is very grounded in conventional medicine, even though we're very open to complementary and alternative techniques, as long as they aren't providing a lot of great risk to patients. Um, and we, we have an incredible amount of experience, in particular with vasculitis, such that, you know, we are very up to date on current treatment paradigms and have been involved in prior clinical trials and establishing guidelines and understanding molecular mechanisms of the disease such that I think we bring a, an amount of confidence uh, to the table when, when that's um, at play such that patients, um, by being with us, I think, feel like they, they're getting very good forward-thinking care, and at the same time, we're incorporating a lot of other techniques that normally aren't even considered or discussed in conventional arenas.
2: I would say also that, um, like you're mentioning, side effect management is a really important component to um, like Chinese medicine or um, uh, alternative treatments. And um, I think for many people now, you know, in 2020 and hopefully beyond, we're looking at our food sources, we're looking at uh, what we consume, what we're exposed to, and how that affects both um, original disease processes and how we tolerate treatment. And um, so there's sort of this inherent knowing in a lot of people, like, you know, this really does make sense, you know, that um, approaching my food or trying to get out of an inflammatory space or um, looking at my environment from how could this be affecting my disease process or my response to my treatment um, just seems to resonate with people.
3: And, and also, uh, I think there, you know, um, but we have heard from patients that, you know, from time to time, it, it comes up, you know, probably once every week or two that someone comes to see us and they're being managed by a rheumatologist or nephrologist. And the that physician has made the comment that, um, that the patient is like their first or second case of the disease in their career, which uh, can be disheartening for some. So, so in our clinic, you know, we... We're dealing with people who have a rare condition, but the condition in our clinic is actually quite common. And to be able to work with it in that way and then offer a lot of other healing modalities um, that really treat the whole person, I think, um, is something that's very unique to our clinic that, that really doesn't exist anywhere else.
1: I think you make a good point about how scary this can be, especially if you're with a physician who might not be as familiar with the disease. I know for me personally, it was, and I'm sure for Ben too, it's life-changing. You know, it's something that you hear and you can't even quite grasp it right away because it's such a difference in, you know, before and after you're diagnosed. Something though that I've come across um, sometimes in a lot of our online forums and discussions are patients who might be more reticent about a lot of pharmaceutical treatments. And for me personally, like that was very necessary. I was on rituximab and it was because I was in acute renal failure and I was dying. Um, and so I really did need this pharmaceutical intervention first to kind of set in remission or some sort of maintenance before I could move on to additional treatments or think about that. So how do you make sure that your patients are really approaching a holistic treatment of the disease from a healthy standpoint and not from, oh, I saw this on the internet, so now I'm going to do it. Yeah,
2: I think that's one of the things that um, we really do want to offer is to keep people safe. And um, I think it's really important to know that there are ways to treat anky-vasculitis and other autoimmune diseases really effectively with pharmaceuticals. And so turning one's back entirely on conventional medicine is not a good option for almost everybody who's ever been diagnosed with an autoimmune condition. So it really is um, important to us to help people navigate all the different approaches and not um, stay well I'm not going to look at food or I'm not going to look at mind-body medicine or I'm not going to look at pharmaceuticals, but instead I'm open to considering all of those. Now, it doesn't mean necessarily that someone's going to change their diet or start meditating or, you know, be on a certain pharmaceutical, um, but that we're offering all of it to people and giving them the risks and the benefits. And although not all the alternative medicine strategies have data, at least being able to offer patients um, the anecdotal evidence and our experience about how different um, strategies can affect outcomes for people that we've worked with, I think help people decide what is the right path. Now, if somebody's got acute renal failure or pulmonary hemorrhage or is near dead from an autoimmune disease it's really, really important that they do the pharmaceuticals to keep themselves um, from dying and keep out of organ failure. So one of the beauties of um, having approached integrative medicine in the pathway that Will and I did is we have a way to navigate really, really sick people and keep them from having really bad outcomes but at the same time are able to work with people who overall feel well and help them find even greater wellness.
3: And and there's not um, a one size fits all approach in terms of management, you know, um, grams and grams of curcumin is not going to fix this disease, nor is grams and grams of steroid. And um, there's a very fine balance between, um, combining these different approaches to uh, minimize side effects, but also promote you know, what we're all going for, which is very long-term, durable remission off as much immunosuppression as possible.
0: I think Dr. Gregory mentioned earlier, just when we were starting the podcast about how you, you love the patients, vasculitis patients are great. And I mean, obviously, yes, uh, I, I say that with no bias uh, whatsoever. And I mean, we've seen within the community that patients and it's something that we've we've advocated for, right, that whole concept of self-advocacy. And it's sort of like you try and find that balance between being aggressive as a patient and then also listening to what's right and, and what's the best for you. And I think we really no matter who you are, if you've been diagnosed with vasculitis, you have some sort of team just because there are so many facets to this disease. There's so many things that go into it. And I, and I wonder, too, I, I'm sure that especially maybe in the past when this this type of thinking was just it was, it was sort of being developed and you were doing a lot of research that maybe there were some just psychological or just general clashes with other people within, say, a medical team where you're talking with rheumatologists. Maybe they don't agree necessarily with what you're doing, not because they it's, it's more because they just don't know. It's not because they have uh, they're, they're totally set in their ways, but as you've kind of gone into these last, say, five, 10 years, where we have learned a lot more and it just seems like the, and you know, I look at some of the talks you've given at the, um, for both of you at the VF symposium, just how much more is known about this stuff and, and and how it really can impact patients. When you look at it from then that whole team standpoint where you're working with other people to to help uh, deal with individual patients, have you, have you seen people that this is the new newer wave or even, uh, older people practicing that, that maybe hadn't thought about this? Have you seen kind of a, a, a coming around, so to speak, of a lot of this new stuff? And, and do you see that continuing? Or has it still been a challenge at times just kind of getting everybody on the same page?
2: Um, I would say that more and more uh, providers are open to um, mind-body medicine, to nutrition, you know, using food as medicine. Um, I think maybe even herbs. Um, I think there are some components of alternative medicine that still are um, really unknown. Like I would say homeopathy seems to be something that conventional medicine providers just don't really understand or know much about in you know, it can be extremely effective, but that is one that maybe conventional medicine providers are not as open to. Um, but there's a lot that is being researched with Chinese medicine, a lot being researched with meditation and breath work and um, yoga and qigong and all these things and how it affects um, in a reproducible way in research um, outcomes with respect to uh dementia, cardiovascular disease, musculoskeletal disease, autoimmune disease. So I think definitely we are going into a new world where more of this uh, integrative approach is going to be the wave of the future. I really think that um, for conventional medicine providers, although they may not know much about it, more and more people are becoming open to this for their patients and for themselves. And uh, so I think we have a lot to learn, um, but that people are more and more willing to engage in that learning
1: process. Well, we're really excited to see where you end up going with all of this, because I think it's just fascinating. And it's something for me personally that I hadn't considered as strongly um, before. So it's, it's just really great to have you on. I know you're about to go see patients yourselves, so we don't <laughs> want to hold you up for too long. But uh, we really just wanted to thank you for sharing this with our listeners and for, for taking the time to come on and, and speak to us.
3: Yeah, thank you. We were very honored, and we're so glad that you guys are doing this. It's uh, so helpful for patients and and providers as well.
2: And uh, thank you so much for your time and for uh, reaching out to us and for spreading information about this to the vasculitis population, because um, this is just our passion and our love, and we're just really happy to be able to um, speak with you guys and to reach the Vasculitis Foundation audience. We really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. And, and we're, we're appreciative as well. Uh, yeah, like we were saying at, at the start, this will be uh, a way to just go charging into to uh, patients' rooms after you've been talking to us about this stuff and and getting fired up. So we thank you so much, Dr. McGregor. For Dr. Pendergraph. we're going to see you in our next uh, part of this current episode when we are joined with joined by Brandon Hudgens. So it's, it's not a so much a goodbye as it's a see you in, in a little bit <laughs> when we recorded the, the second part. So we, we want to thank you for uh, being a, a willing participant in that uh, as well. And of course, Kaylee doing a, a great job as always. This has been a lot of fun. I wish we could, we could have more time. Uh, we're going to take a break though, come back and wrap things up on this episode of the Vasculitis Visionaries podcast right after this. Mm-hmm. All right. What a great conversation that was. Kaylee, like I said, I wish we could have just uh, gone longer because I, I was learning so much about about this. I'm kind of in the same boat as you. It's not something I've, I have. Um, I, I don't think I've thought about a whole lot. Um, part of that, I think, is I, I come at it from my parents being ER doctors. So when when you're in the ER, obviously, I mean, you you're talking about life and death, as they were alluding to. Uh, earlier in the podcast and so they've it's not something they really had the luxury to think about you have to just do what's best for the patient and do it right away but it is something that if you haven't thought about it before it, it's something you should because it's it's a good perspective to have and it's something that can help I think a lot of people as you try to maintain a, a disease it's not so much for when you're first diagnosed it's more on that that post uh, remission path that we're all in
1: Absolutely. And I I just think that one of the things that came through most strongly for me was how much they care about their patients. Because like I mentioned, something that makes me really nervous about uh, an alternative approach or, or an integrative approach to medicine is that it kind of can lend itself to snake oil salesmen in certain contexts, especially in the internet, things that aren't proven. But I think that the really special thing about their work is that they center patients and they make sure the patients are making the best decisions for them. And I think that's so important, especially as you mentioned, Mentioned about uh, patient self-advocacy, and I think this fits really nicely in with that.
0: Yeah, no, it, it is huge, and it's kind of like the opposite of what you would think, where they're almost more more expert, as they were mentioning, how they have so much experience in the field, where you'd almost think that you know, you go to somebody who who deals in that that specific that practice, and they wouldn't really think or know much about vasculitis, and it's the exact opposite for them; they they know a ton, and I'm curious to see where, where this goes, and that's kind of what we got, we're trying to get at in that. The final question where, and it does seem like more and more physicians are not necessarily coming around to it. I don't know if that's the right word, Kaylee, but just being more cognizant of some of the benefits that, that it can provide as it relates to that team approach on individual patients.
1: Absolutely. And I think that it's going to be exciting also to talk to Dr. Pendergraf and Brandon because it can be almost a case study of what really it means to be a patient of the integrative medical clinic.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. And that is going to be the second part of this episode. So stay tuned for that. We also want to thank our sponsors for making this podcast episode possible today. Genentech and GSK, they've done a great job supporting this entire podcast series. Of course, you can go to our website, VasculitisFoundation.org. They have a whole lot of stuff up right now that is pertinent, especially in this current stressful time for everybody Uh, And you can also follow along on all of our podcast episodes, catch up on any of the ones you missed on Apple podcasts or through Spotify as well. So for Kaylee, this has been saying so long, join us again for our second part of this current episode with Dr. Pendergraft and Brandon Hudgens. That is on the way next as you've been listening to this episode of the Vasculitis Visionaries podcast.